Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. We're back with the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. This is episode 176. 176. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, I just finished the book, 1776. Uh, it reminds me of what... Uh, <laughs> Which podcast we're on, minus the thousand. <laughs> That's a good book. I like that book. What do you think? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It was uh, it was about uh, a lot of mainly about George Washington. He was the he was the key character. George obviously. Washington. I've heard that name before. Remind yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, he was a congressman or something, senator, judge. Yeah. He was somebody uh, that probably wouldn't have uh, enacted some of the tyranny that we've seen over the last few months. <laughs> you know, it was interesting uh, uh, reading that book, or I listened to it, listened to the book, um, just to kind of how the, the dynamics were of, you know, the, the loyalists and the patriots and kind of using that that language and how they kind of referred to each other and, and thought to each other. And, um, you know, we don't really, you know, we kind of have today, we have you know, Republicans or Democrats or you know, progressives or conservatives or, or, or whatever, but there, there's the labels that we use today don't necessarily identify you with the state. They identify with the party. Um, we're back then because you're separating these two nations um, or forming a nation, I guess, and separating from another one. You had labels that would identify you with one with a, would identify you with as, as loyal to the crown. And one would identify you as loyal to the new nation. Um, I'm sure there was in, infighting in, inside of those, but it, it was an interesting dynamic because today um, we'd all claimed at some level we're loyal to the government um, however you want to flesh that out, but we wouldn't, we don't refer to each other as that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought, I thought one of the things that was, uh, was quite interesting is, uh, how they tried to use news to misdirect as well. So oh, like, yeah. uh, like I, I, uh, I put on my review on Goodreads. I'm glad the Brits didn't have this book because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we would have got whooped if they would have knew just how, how close we were to defeat in so many different instances. So, uh, I think media still does the same thing today. They, um, a lot of misdirection. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, well, this is an aside. That's the thing that when you go back, the more history you study, the more you realize that, that these, uh, problems with media have been around for, uh, quite some time. They're not, they're not new, you know, they're not new, um, problems. Well, um, uh, in other news, Ryan, uh, so, I got a note uh, last night. Uh, it said uh, that Conoco was looking to buy Concho potentially. And uh, this morning, it seemed to be all over the news that this was apparently uh, moving forward. So this would be the biggest deal that we've seen since uh, COVID wrecked, uh, wrecked, wrecked the world, uh, you know, several months ago. So I was thinking about this morning because we hadn't talked about Concho in a long time. Do you, or you might remember this. Uh, I went and looked at the data, but I think it was the February 20, let's see if I can find here, 27th, 28th. Um, let's oh, see. I remember. We were in a client's office uh, and the, the the stock market hadn't opened up that day. And they said, one of the guys, they were just talking, we kind of overheard them. And one of the guys said, I heard that Concho is going to cross over, um, was going to go above, uh, 
uh, 70 or 80, uh, 70, I think it was 70 because I'm looking back now, it's like 67, 68. Yeah. It's a crossover 70 today and really kind of take off because of whatever the, the announcement was. Yeah. Th- th- that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. You know, it, it, I kind of looking back now because I was trying to remember what happened. It did tick up for like a day or two and then it just fell off the radar or fell off the map rather and went all the way down to um, within a week, it was down to into the 50s, 58. And I, I just thought, I thought about that. I was like, God, I just remember those talks of, you know, late February of, you know, the optimism that was still in the market, despite some of the early um, implications of, of the demand reduction that we we're seeing, you know, from the coronavirus. And even, you know, Concho was, there was people that were pretty excited about what they were going to do. Uh, now they're starting to rebound back in uh, June. looks like it did go above 70 then. But anyways, it was just interesting to think about that. I forgot about that. Do you remember that day? Where, I'm not going to say the company's name, but do you remember where we're at and dropping off breakfast and that kind of whole deal? Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay, we, we talked about our thought. But anyways, it was I just... So, yeah. It was just funny. Been, Go ahead. Well, I was, I was thinking about uh, it was that one. And then before that, uh, I think this would have been last year, uh, Concho had... Um, they, they, their well spacing was uh, ended up being a little bit off and okay. they didn't get returns. I don't know if you remember that, but they, they, they spaced wells with a certain strategy and it, it affected the, some of the other ones and, and their numbers ended up coming back. I don't know if you, if you remember it, but a lot of people were talking about it because Concho, they were expecting to have a huge quarter and they underperformed pretty significantly. Um, but they ended yeah. up bouncing yeah. back though. I mean, yeah. they, they ended up working it out. Yeah, so you know this. According to this, it's going to make them either the number one or number two biggest company in the oil patch uh, out there in, in Texas. And so, I guess I, I did wonder, and maybe there, I'm sure there'll be plenty of articles coming out in the coming days about this. But you know, I wonder why now. That's kind of thing. You know, um, I guess back in you know May uh, kind of time frame. That's when all the valuations for the company, or the stocks at least, were just you know getting crushed, it, you know. And so now you kind of see the price have, has re- rebounded some. And uh, just curious, you know, does this mean that ConocoPhillips feels like, you know, uh, things are going to kind of turn around before in, going into next year? Is this more of a long-term play? Of course, they're a really big company, so they could kind of play things a little bit slower than, uh, you know, Concho or Pioneer or something like that is. So that was kind of my, my thoughts on it. What, what, what um, you know, do the, what does this mean for their perspective? Do they actually think that this is a, a good side? Because you had Diamondback. I don't know if you saw this. Or not. Diamondback came out last week. Um, I think it was an earnings call. And, and Diamondback was saying basically that uh, they needed to, you know, we need to be disciplined and kind of returning back to to drilling. So, you know, can't go out there and, you know, drill, baby, drill. Uh, that mindset. And so um, kind of taking what Diamondback saying, what Conoco Phillips is doing. You kind of wonder how does this play itself out? Is this more of a, a long-term play, or um, do they think that the industry is actually quicker to rebound than you know some other folks do? It's interesting to watch it watch it play out. You know, Chevron just picked up Noble. Now this one's happening. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see um, if there's any bigger than this, or if you're going to see a lot of, a lot of uh, smaller deals start to happen is well yeah. chevron's got to buy oxy out still <laughs> yeah for yeah. buy oxy get in a darko the two for one deal so that's yeah, they need they need the og status that would be <laughs> that would be that's yeah you know. that still has to happen that still has to happen but anyways yeah yeah i don't know so we're, we'll see i, I was kind of surprised because 
a lot of the narrative has been you won't see much happen until after the election when folks kind of know what they you know what's going to happen is trump going to get in or stay in rather is biden going to get in um so i guess the one takeaway would be is that conical phillips doesn't really feel like the the election is going to impact this purchase so whatever wherever concho's resources are at and then i've kind of read some stuff that says it, it matches up well with uh with conical phillips that they must feel like the the you know, in a post-election uh post-biden or post-trump era whether so biden uh presidency that it won't really impact um, what they're picking up here with Concho, which is which is um, you know kind of interesting because a lot of folks have feared that they'd be concerned. And the only thing I thought about that would be is ConocoPhillips. If you get into a Biden presidency and you saw a lot more regulation, ConocoPhillips is the kind of company that could thrive in that market. So, um, but anyways, just my thoughts. Well, I mentioned in some of the uh, the, the politics, you know, with the election coming up, uh, there's an article that came out. I have two of them, actually. One of them uh, is from Marketplace, and it says that Democrats are getting more oil money. Oil and gas companies donate more money to Democrats. Uh, that title is a little bit uh, misleading because it says that 85% of it is still going to Republicans. But the there are it, there is a higher percentage going to Democrats this election than has been previously. I'm not sure if that's true or not. I haven't verified it. But uh, you know, it mentions Chevron and Exxon. Chevron spent five million, and twenty-eight percent of that went to Democrats. Exxon spent one point five million, and forty-one percent went to Democrats. Um, you know, it, it makes you wonder uh, the, the strategies here. I mean, we all know that um, politics are pay for play. You know, that's just what's going on. And if you can get in and support some of these politicians. You could probably uh, have a little bit of sway over how the how the laws are written, uh, uh, yeah, off the record, uh, <laughs> you know, type deal. So uh, I mean, you, you see it playing out right, you know, before our eyes. With certain companies are going to have that pull, where other ones uh, won't. Yeah, so forty one percent of Exxon went to uh, money went to Democrats. That's that's pretty surprising. I don't know what their historical uh, campaign contributions are. I haven't looked at it like you say, but. But if you think Biden's going to win, that's actually sharp. I mean, you want Trump to win, but uh, well, I, I'm just saying. So you got Chevron, which is 28, percent um, which is now the biggest company, uh, and then Exxon, the number two, is 41. percent I think part of that goes to you know Exxon has been the spotlight a lot more historically speaking, and so you know they feel the impact of the news cycle and um, you know the other things that go along with that, um, and so that's not surprising per se. Um, that, that they would be more inclined to get the Democrats. What is, what is I think, surprising is that people do not connect the dots to this stuff. And so what I mean by that is what you're alluding to is, you know, if you look at Chevron or Exxon, you know, kind of what they're, what they're doing, oil and gas, and what the Democrat platform is, it makes no sense at the national level, at least, for these companies to donate to them. The Green New Deal is not going to help out uh, Exxon and Chevron, unless they fundamentally change their business model. Unless, as you pointed out, that they're a part of the process of this transition or this force to go green. And, and that's what I always find so so um, odd is that people miss that connection. Like you're, you're mad at what government does and you're mad at big business, but then you bring big business and government together and they write regul- legislation. And then the rest of us are the ones that have to deal with all this over-regulation and then you're mad about that and then what do you want to do you want to make more regulation so like i don't understand how people miss those simple simple connections and so um 
Yeah. So bad winds, it probably would be good for, I think we talked about it on this show or on energy week that, you know, big, you know, big old, someone was saying, someone wrote an article for, for Bloomberg is like, you know, uh, does big oil want Biden to win? It's like the fact that you write that headline and you don't understand what you're saying when you write that headline shows like, like, shouldn't you get the connection here? Like, if oil gas is bad, but big oil wants Biden to win, think about that. Like, 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 work this out in your head here. So, um, it, it's anyways. So, um, they can give money to us. That's all I'm going to say. We're, we're yeah, still taking I mean, campaign we'll, contributions. We'll fix all of it. Uh, quickly i mean it, it wouldn't take it wouldn't take a lot to to work all this out honestly maybe we, maybe we should be like a 501c3 and then just take donations from oil and gas companies yeah yeah i mean uh we're gonna waste your money might as well waste me as a ceo I'll, I'll take a salary and uh ceo of the 501c3 <laughs> something like that something, something. Uh, so the, we have here uh, another article. This one is also in politics. Trump's re-election campaign has brought at least 1.9 million from donors in the oil and gas industry since 2016. Uh, they mentioned that 11 billion was being spent on uh, on the election, and that 900 million was coming in from oil and gas companies. Uh, so, just to give a little perspective. Um, it obviously most of the companies are going for Trump, especially out in West Texas. Those companies are uh, pushing hard for uh, a Trump reelection. So uh, it's just going to be interesting, uh, I think, for the next two weeks, because depending on what kind of company you are and what kind of operation you're running out in West Texas, especially, um, you may have a different business model in a couple of weeks. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious. So shoot us a note on LinkedIn or email or, or whatever. Um, I, I've seen, and I'm not going to call anybody out, um, some prominent people will, will, will say, to use that term nicely, um, said they're voting for Biden at work in the oil and gas industry. And okay, I'm, you know, you, you, you know, we can talk about why I think that's a bad idea. Uh, but I, I get folks not want to vote for Trump. I don't understand, unless you're, career fluid, I guess is the term. Like you don't care whether you work in the oil and gas or construction or real estate or healthcare. Like you, you don't, it doesn't matter to you, but if you want to be doing gas and you say, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 20, 30, 40 years old. I want to work in oil and gas for the next 30, 40 years. I do not understand how the vote for Biden goes down unless you are really kind of thinking along the lines of big government. We want, we want to be a part of the, you know, we're, we're next Mobile and next Mobile is going to work out these regulations and you know, it's gonna work on our benefit. I don't understand how you think that's um, good for your career. Now, maybe that's the most important thing. I don't know. I'm just curious. So if we got any Biden voters, I'd love to know. Not not third party voters, or not people who aren't voting for Trump because they're staying home, but a, a Biden voter. I'd love to hear. You know, kind of how you work that out, and you know, do you are you concerned? Do you think it'll be okay? Do you think it doesn't matter? Um, gen- genuinely concerned, and um, or, or are you gen- gen- genuinely concerned about? You know. It's something that Trump might do, and that just kind of overshadows it. So I would love to hear um, from anyone who might have that opinion. Ryan, if you had to guess who the biggest financial backer for uh, Trump's uh, re-election campaign, what company would come to mind first, do you think? Uh, in oil and gas or overall? Uh, in the energy industry in general. Uh, Particularly oil and gas. But oh, something with the Koch brothers? Nope. It's uh, Kelsey Warren, chairman of Pipeline Energy Transfer. 
after you say it, it kind of makes sense, right? Because you had the Dakota Access Pipeline in 2017 that Trump really helped get through. Oh, goodness, hold on. (laughs) Joshua's gone. Joshua. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Joshua's got a baby in the loose. Look at that. (laughs) I'll continue where Joshua's going, I think. Um, And I'm going to mute him in case he has a, a... a problem on his end. Let's see here. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I think if you look at what we're talking about with um, dealing with regulation, um, you know, getting these pipelines through and processed, then ETC, you know, having the ability to to do that, you know, under the Biden era might put it into it. It might be where ETC comes in and you know they they try to get um, they try to get something done and and, and by the Biden administration through whatever means possible stops it. So that does make sense to see that ETC supports Trump, but to be fair, it's not as if the Trump administration has gotten those lines, you know, pushed through. There's still, there's still problems with them. So, um, uh, well, well, it, it mentions here that Biden is under uh, going to be under pressure to shut it down though. Yes. I'm saying, yeah. So that Biden administration might put it, put it into it. Um, yeah. it might be the, the death blow. Uh, but it's not, it's not as if the Trump administration has, you know, gotten it done either. Um, I, I do understand the logic of, of side with Trump because it's a lot of money, but in the ETC, they're the, the CEO stepping down. So, um, of course that wouldn't change their stance on, on building the pipeline. Hmm. Well, we got uh, a couple of stories here for, uh, some roundup information. So Midland unemployment jumps to 9.6% in September. Uh, Midland had the lowest unemployment, I believe, in the state of Texas pre-COVID. Now it's uh, it's up around 9.6. I'd like to compare that to Houston. I'm not sure, um, but it's definitely high. And then the other story we have is Halliburton posts fourth straight quarterly loss as oil route drags demand. So uh, I... I, I I know Schlumberger, they, they ended, I think they're running what five, five crews out there, I believe. I don't um, know. I saw that they were, they were hurting. I don't know what they're, what all they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them, both you know, Halliburton and Schlumberger are both uh, feeling the pain right now. Yep. But hopefully, hopefully we'll see, um, hopefully we'll see oil start to tick back up. You know, you see these mergers and acquisitions, usually that's a sign that, uh, maybe good things are coming. So I, I know that hope, hopefully it means that we're getting close to the bottom uh, or, you know, we're, we're about to make the turn. So make the turn. Well, we're at 4105 as, as um, early on this Monday morning. So we'll see how it progresses from here. I do think, um, you know, if we do have a Biden win, you know, I think that, you're going to have, well, so, you know, Biden's going to announce, assuming, assuming he wins, he'll start announcing, you know, the policies and the plans and the things that he's going to want to do. And the other question is, will, will they have the Senate, you know, or will it be the house? Um, and so I think that, you know, you might see, depending on how all that shakes out, um, you know, what the economy is going to do as we go into, you know, through the, through the rest of uh, Q4 2020. Uh, but listen, it's still 2020, man. So, uh, you know, anything can happen, right? Anything can happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, like you said the other day, two seventy nine. I mean, two sixty nine and two sixty nine. That'd be that'd be real twenty twenty <laughs> news there. Tied president election. Oh well, hey, someone had to call for it, so might as well be me. Speaking of which, if you want to check out the War Room newsletter, we'll link to that in the show notes. We'll be back next week. Steph, the intern, is off uh, for what a couple of weeks, I guess. So, not that anyone's gonna miss her, but if you were thinking about, you know sending her a, a note or something. She's on vacation. Um, and with that, until next time, keep climbing. Mm-hmm.